0: Meaning it's time for Democrats' favorite game, Hope Susan Collins flips and be
1: disappointed when she doesn't. It's America's most depressing game show. <laughs> don't be depressed. Don't listen to John Oliver. Got enough fatalism here. Well,
2: I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Stairs. Clowns to the left meat. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in
1: From Pacifica with Radio with in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast. As heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM I'm in LA, 98.7, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast, on KYAQ, in Cottage Grove on Queso. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans' WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets for your listening pleasure. On the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Nicole Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, Blanketing, Planet Earth. Five days a week. Even on holiday weeks, Desi Doyan, Maybe.
3: Yep, maybe. Uh,
1: maybe. Uh, what did I say? I'll be, this is your Bradcast. That's all you need to know. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me. From bradblog.com with the delightful Desi Doyen, also from bradblog.com. Yes, I am present. At my side. Yes. All right. All um, right. Glad you could join us today. I'm going to try to open up the phones uh, before uh, in this uh, crazy week where we hope to take some downtime, Desi and I do, uh, for the uh, Fourth of July holiday. Tough to celebrate this year, I got to say, but I want to open up the phones to you on uh, the Supreme Court, because right now it's all about the court as far as I'm concerned. Uh, What do you want to see Democrats do right now? In this fight. I can't believe I'm just stunned that over the weekend I was hearing, should the Democrats fight? Should they stand down? Should they keep their powder dry? Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you have some thoughts on that, I have a few. But I will look forward to hearing yours as well. Uh, In addition, there were, of course, huge marches and protests over the weekend in more than 700 cities protesting the Trump administration's cruel zero tolerance policy at the southern border. And the uh, separation of thousands of children, thousands of children ripped from their parents. Hey, happy Independence Day ripped from their parents uh, for weeks and months at a time, and with no administration plan, apparently, to reunite those families at all. So I was happy to see some uh, a lot of big turnout at those marches over the weekend. But uh, happier still, frankly, to hear back from at least some of my Twitter followers. You can follow me at the Brad blog uh, about those marches when I had asked if they saw folks in their own hometown marches and protests, if they saw folks registering people to vote at those marches. Because uh, marching is swell, voting is better. And if we combine the two, well, that's better still. I received a, quite a few encouraging responses via Twitter. At the Brad blog, when I asked if uh, folks who joined the protest uh, saw people registering folks to vote, Gwen Craig on Twitter writes in to say, yes, they were registering voters at the protests in San Francisco. North Texas Progressive writes in to say, quote, absolutely in Dallas. The Bigger Picture writes to say tons of people were walking around registering voters. I was asked at least three times in Chicago. Joanne Boyer of Voices of Progressive Wisdom up in Minnesota says yes. Uh, She, presumably a voter registration worker, even came up to me and smiled and said thank you. I'm already registered. I did get a call, however, from uh, someone who went to one of the marches here in Los Angeles who said that she was very upset because she did not see anyone signing up folks to vote out here in L.A., which surprised and upset her, though she added that many of the things that uh, she usually sees at such protests here in L.A., like food trucks and so forth, were also not there. So uh, she is speculating and hopes, as do I, that that was simply because of hastiness uh, with which the uh, protest was quickly uh, slapped together this week still seems to me like a pretty weak excuse for Democrats who um, should be absolutely everywhere every day between now and November 6th signing up new voters in every corner of California and every state in the union. Hoping that person who contacted me just missed the folks who were registering people out here in L.A. So if any of you folks uh, here in Los Angeles did notice voter registration at Saturday's protests, feel free to give me a call. Make me feel better if you can. 818-985-5735. The biggest reason, of course, to vote this November is naturally to try and help Democrats regain the Senate and or U.S. House to begin putting the brakes on the Trump national emergency that we are now facing. That is, of course, unless you like, if you prefer, what Donald Trump and the Republicans are currently doing to this nation. In that case, voting for Republicans or just staying home will help um, that, to continue this huge lurch to the right Uh, and further towards authoritarianism and against populist, worker-based, civil rights-based governance in this country. In fact, it will help it quickly get much worse than it already is. Of course, the biggest immediate fight in that regard uh, is to do anything and everything to keep the U.S. Supreme Court from lurching even farther to the right than it already has in recent decades, and particularly over this past term— with the stolen right-wing majority of this court as it is. And that was before the right-wing swing vote. Anthony Kennedy announced his retirement last week. Democrats and Republicans alike, particularly Republicans, often talk about elections as they, you know, the fight of our lives, the election, the most important election of our lives, particularly when it comes to determining the balance of the highest court in the land, who now stand poised, if Trump's nominee, whoever it turns out to be, is allowed to be confirmed under the GOP Senate's new rules, which do away with the filibuster for the first time uh, and required in the bargain just a bare majority to determine the balance of the court for decades. So uh, that's where we all now stand. Uh, Those are the stakes Uh, Those stakes include reproductive rights, civil rights, voting rights, workers' rights, LGBTQ rights, access to health care, much more. And this is not an abstract idea. Republicans are chomping at the bit to literally reverse, to overturn decades of hard-won rights through one case after another that they want to see before this court Uh, And they will be successful in overturning those rights if Donald Trump and the GOP are allowed to seat one more radical right wing jurist to join the courts uh, for existing radical right wing activist jurists who, yes, hope to legislate from the bench to overturn congressional legislation as they did with the Voting Rights Act in 2013, the Affordable Care Act parts of it in 2010 and much more in recent years. They hope to do the very thing they pretend that uh, Democratic appointees try to do, legislate from the bench. Republican appointees to the court actually do it. So with that in mind, I can see no reason why any Democrat would allow a vote to be carried out for Donald Trump's nomination, no matter who that nominee is, before a new Senate is seated In this coming January. And that would be uh, without all of the other reasons that Democrats should now already have to do everything that they can to prevent such a vote. Yes, in my opinion, now is the time to put everything on the line, elected Democrats, even in a fight that you ultimately may not end up winning. But I've heard uh, quite a bit from uh, some so-called smart people in politics, in the media about how Democrats they they just can't win this one. The numbers in the Senate are just against them, so they should instead keep their power dry and avoid enraging the uh, the right wing electorate concerning abortion. Uh, encouraging the right to come uh, to become activated in a year when Democratic-leaning voters already seem activated themselves, as is. The hand ringers seem to worry, oh, this is just going to get the right activated. They'll turn out when otherwise they may just stay home. And I say, are you kidding me? If there is anything that is ever worth fighting for in politics, this is it. This is the moment and if Democrats can't even put up a fight with everything they've got uh, to lose here, and even though it might, underscore might, cost them politically, I do understand that. That could happen. But if they can't put up a fight now and stand up for what they believe in, what they say they believe in, then they should get out of the business of politics altogether, period. And yes, by the way, that means if necessary, walking out entirely, walking out of the Senate in an effort to prevent them from uh, the Senate from having a quorum needed to do any business at all. They have to have a majority, so presumably 51 need to be present. There's only 51 Republicans right now in the U.S. Senate, if you don't count um, uh, Pence, Mike Pence. And I don't know if he counts in the, uh, uh, the constitutional requirement, Article 1, Section 5, concerning quorums or not. But yes, you have to have a majority, at least 51 present to hold any votes on virtually anything in the U.S. Senate. So if the Democrats need to walk out, I would argue they should. If that's what it takes to stop a vote before this uh, November's election, they should walk out. If it means bringing a halt to business in the U.S. Senate for weeks or months. Might that endanger all of this endangers some so-called red state Democrats who are uh, running for re-election in the U.S. Senate this year, like Joe Manchin in West Virginia, Joe Donnelly in Indiana, Heidi Heidkamp North Dakota, Claire McCaskill in Missouri, etc. I don't think so. I think voters will rally behind Democrats who stand up and fight for something, something that they believe in. That's what happened with that's what Republicans did up in Wisconsin when uh you know there was a fight like this Republicans got behind their uh their Republicans for doing all sorts of things that nobody had ever done before They weren't worried, "Oh, what will happen? Will they will they you know, will they throw us out of office?" Mitch McConnell wasn't worried about being thrown out of office losing his his uh, Republican majority in the U.S. Senate when he stopped President Obama's nomination from going anywhere for almost a year. They didn't worry about that. They did what they believed in, whether it was right or wrong. I'd happen to believe the Democrats would be right in this case to stand up. But um, that's the difference, I guess, between Republicans or Democrats, or it used to be. Until we, the people, uh, started letting Democrats know that we expect much more of them. At least we're gonna try. Sending that message right now,, uh, you know, to your electorate has never been more important, at least in my opinion. You may have a different one. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five is our phone number. you You may agree or not? What would you like to see Democrats do now, knowing what the numbers are, knowing what the math is? What do you want Democrats to do with Trump promising to introduce his nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court one week from today and promising, uh, as he has previously, to choose uh, from a list of far right wing ideologues who we are who, who are known to be. Hoping to overturn, planning to overturn longstanding settled law, like, for example, Roe v. Wade. And the right to an abortion in this country. So should Democrats go all in right now, even if it means walking out to prevent a vote, even if it means putting them at risk uh, th- this November? When it looks like they should otherwise be able to take the U.S. House or the U.S. Senate. 818-985-5735. What would you like to see Democrats do? Here was Washington State U.S. Senate uh, Senator Maria Cantwell discussing some of the stakes on NBC's uh, Meet the Press over the weekend, warning colleagues on both sides of the aisle that the upcoming confirmation vote could be career-ending, if it leads to the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the constitutionally protected right to choose in this country.
2: Everyone in the United States Senate who's going to vote on this knows that it will change the balance of power. So you're not just voting on whether you think Trump should have his nominee, you're voting on whether that nominee is going to change precedent when it comes to a whole host of issues of women's right to choose, your access to health care, whether if you have diabetes or asthma, all of a sudden a pre-existing condition is no longer allowed and you have to pay more for insurance. So I think that my colleagues on both sides of the aisle know that this vote could be a, one of the key votes of their entire career. And they know that no matter what spin comes out of the yeah. White House, if they vote for somebody who's going to change precedent, it could be a career-ending move.
1: No, not could be a career-ending move, uh, Senator. Uh, It will be a career-ending move, or at least it should be. Uh, It will be the vote that defines their career, no doubt, for years. And it will be a career-ending move, at least for many Democrats, if they don't vote the right way and act the right way here by doing everything within their power to keep such a vote from even happening at all under this tainted Senate, which has already stolen one Supreme Court seat. The majority on the court to go with it. And yes, this tainted presidency. The Senate's top Democrat tried on Monday, according to AP, to rally public opposition to any Supreme Court pick by Donald Trump. Good. Uh, At least any uh, 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 any nominee who would oppose abortion rights, issuing a striking campaign season call to action for voters to prevent such a nominee by what, quote, putting pressure on the Senate. With Trump saying he'll pick from a list of 25 potential nominees that he's compiled with guidance from the far right wing Federalist Society, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said any of them would be, quote, virtually certain to favor overturning Roe v. Wade, the 1973 case affirming the uh, women's right to an abortion. They would also be, quote, very likely to back weakening President Obama's 2010 law that expanded health care coverage to millions of Americans, Schumer said. I would say they are not virtually certain. They are certain. Uh, They will not just weaken it. They will overturn it. They will do away with it. These things are not uh, virtually certain or very likely. They are certain and absolute in uh, in both cases, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to health care and many more. Why is there even any hedging here? I can't imagine at this point other than, well, you know what, they're Democrats. That's what they do unless we stop them. The phone number, by the way, if you want to reach your senator at the U.S. Capitol, is 202-224-3121. You're going to need that number. 202-224-3121. Schumer said that while uh, Democrats don't control the Senate, Republicans have a 51-49 edge. Most senators back abortion rights. In an unusually direct appeal to voters, Schumer said that to block an ideological nominee, People should, quote, tell your senators to oppose anyone from Trump's list. And again, you're going to hear a lot of talk about Roe v. Wade, but this is way bigger than Roe v. Wade. So on that score, Schumer is right. He says it will not happen on its own. In an op-ed in today's New York Times, it requires the public's focus on these issues and its pressure on the Senate. That's correct. That's correct. And it requires Democratic senators to make it clear they will do anything and everything to prevent it from happening, even if it puts their own elections at risk this November. In my opinion, it won't. It will actually help them in every regard. And if they are finally seen as standing for something, it'll help the Democratic Party overall. Schumer's column appeared a day after Republican Senator Susan Collins of uh, of Maine claimed that she would oppose any nominee that she believed would overturn Roe v. Wade. But she's uh, been played many times before by her fellow Republicans, and she has played all of us many times in the bargain. Collins said she would only back a judge who would show respect for settled law like uh, the Roe decision. Um, That decision, of course, has been anathema to right-wingers. Here is Susan Collins on CNN over the weekend.
2: I would not support a nominee who demonstrated hostility to Roe v. Wade because that would mean to me that their judicial philosophy did not include a respect for established decisions, established law.
1: Okay, Susan Collins. Yes, it would not show respect for established law. Um, Not that that has stopped her in the past from uh, voting for Supreme Court nominees uh, who actually ended up overturning established law. For example, Justice John Roberts, who did that. he, He said, "Oh, I I believe in established law." Sorry, "decisis" is the legal term. Uh, Justice John Roberts said he he believed in established law and then he went out and gutted the established law of the 50-year-old Voting Rights Act in violation of the constitutional mandate that the Congress is set to, uh, you know, to to create federal voting rights laws. And uh, so, you know what? Don't fall for it, Senator Collins. They will tell you they believe in established law and then they will gut established law. And those of us who are listening to folks like Senator Collins should not believe what she is saying. We should demand that she vows to block any Trump nominee at least until January, along with every other senator, both Democratic and Republican. Uh, John Oliver on uh, Sunday night on HBO's Last Week Tonight uh, characterized... Senator Collins, uh, and... well, the game that we continue to play with her this way.
0: Republicans have 51 seats in the Senate, and they need 51 votes to confirm the new justice. So unless Democrats can convince their entire party to oppose the nomination and persuade a number of Republicans over to their side, they are sh out of luck, meaning it's time for Democrats' favorite game, hope Susan Collins flips and be disappointed when she doesn't. It's America's most depressing game show.
1: Now, I am not quite as fatalistic as John Oliver there. I think that uh, Susan Collins can be convinced to do the right thing. She did so, along with Lisa Murkowski, in blocking the Republican attempt to entirely kill the Affordable Care Act. Though she did later on vote to gut one of its key provisions. uh, Still, I don't think this is any time to decide uh, to to settle on the worst outcome, to decide that the worst thing is going to happen. There's nothing we can do, whether it's Collins or Democrats. Now is not the time to do that, to be depressed about that, to show how clever we all are. Oh, the Democrats, they'll give up the fight. You know what? I don't care about that. What I want is now a time this is the time to demand the best course of action whether it's a fight that can be won or not won we can't control whether we win any particular fight we can control whether the fight is had 8189855735 is our phone number 818985kpfk Uh, What would you like to see Democrats do? Are you worried, as uh, some seem to be, that this is somehow going to harm them come November? We'll take a quick break and get back to some of your calls. Although, let me go to Debbie uh, right off the bat here very quickly uh, because she has a comment on the voter registration. Uh, Oh, that's the wrong. I got the wrong one. Let me go um, ah, to—I did this wrong. There we go. Uh, Debbie in Studio City. Hey, Debbie, welcome to the broadcast. You saw people uh, registering folks to vote over the weekend at the protests?
4: I, I definitely did. They were walking around and getting people to vote. So just wanted to let you know, voting counts. <laughs> Every vote counts.
1: That's the theory. By the way, where was that? Was that downtown L.A. you uh, went to? it
4: was downtown L.A., okay. yeah. It was wonderful. Good. It was great. Kamala Harris was there. Uh, Maxine Waters, it was a star-studded event. It was wonderful.
1: <laughs> good to know. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah. I feel better hearing that. Also, uh, Julio from uh, Pasadena called to say that he also saw voter registration going on at the L.A. protest. So that's good news. The person who called me who didn't see it, I guess that signifies there weren't enough people out there registering folks to vote. Uh, in any case, let's take a quick break, come back with your calls on the Supreme Court. 818-985-5735. And yes, by the way, Uh, Registering to vote is about the Supreme Court and everything else. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast.
3: Bradblog.com slash donate. That's BradBlog.com slash donate and thanks.
2: One thing I can tell you is you got to be free. Come together.
1: Yeah. Right now. This is really simple. This is simple. Anyone who tells you otherwise is either a coward or hoping to confuse you. This is easy. Donald Trump's pick to the U.S. Supreme Court will roll back decades of rights for generations. Blocking a Trump pick in any way possible slows the loss of those rights at the very least. Playing uh, political games, trying to keep your powder dry, Democrats. Oh, it's going to hurt our chances in the Democrat Uh, In the uh, November election for Democrats, stand up. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. And then, of course, there's a small issue that the president of the United States is under a serious, wide-reaching federal investigation as to whether he violated criminal laws by conspiring with a foreign nation to win the presidency and obstructing uh, justice of that investigation, whether he conspired with foreign actors or not. Seth Abramson, attorney and University of New Hampshire professor, asks, uh, Anyone else wonder why a man under investigation for participation in the biggest political crime in U.S. history is permitted to choose a judge who will sit on his case just 120 days pre-election? When a scandal-free president was denied his right to nominate nine months before an election? Uh, It's it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that this is even a fight at all. Here was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who just unseated the fourth most powerful Democrat in the U.S. House, in New York this past week, she was on uh, on Sunday on NBC's Miss, meet, the, uh, meet the Press over the weekend expressing some frustration that Democrats don't seem to have their stuff together uh, on how or whether to oppose Trump's nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court.
2: Especially with the Supreme Court, we have senators and we have folks trying to figure out the strategy. But in the meantime, the messaging isn't as clear to the communities that we're trying to represent. Are we fighting or not?
1: Are we fighting or not? How is that even a question at this point? What would you like to see Democrats do and say right now? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to Ron in San Clemente. Hey, Ron, welcome to the broadcast.
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call, Brad. Sure.
0: Um, It seems that uh, with uh, some of the print articles coming out after Ocasio-Perez's election, uh, that uh, there's hack jobs going on for the Democrats that uh, say the left is going too far. Well, what do they think? That the political world is flat and they're going to fall off the edge? (laughs) Get out there. Have the Senate and the House team up. And call a walkout. You're right. You're exactly right. The world is not flat, and they're not going to fall off. They're going to find a new land of freedom by fighting for it.
1: If that's what it takes. The, yeah.
0: I think we have all the chances in the world of winning the House and Senate. Well, if we get out there and show it.
1: I, I think Democrats, uh, yeah, I think they have that chance in in both the House and the Senate. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate that call. I don't, you know, uh, walking out of the house, even if every Democrat walked out of the house, it wouldn't make a difference in the uh, Supreme Court fight. It also would not shut down the house because they don't have anywhere close to a uh, a majority in the in the u s. House currently. But in the in the u.s Senate, it's 51 49 in favor of Republicans. John McCain cannot be there right now. That makes it 50 uh, 49. If every Democrat walks out and one of the Republicans won't show up or chooses to walk out with them, they will shut down the business of the U.S. Senate. This, um, you know, coming, we're just one week away now. Donald Trump has said uh, a week from today he will announce his uh, nominee. He has already said over and over that he's going to choose a nominee from a list of people that he knows will overturn Roe v. Wade and many other rights. So what's the question here? What's the confusion? Why is there even a question uh, to, to fight or not fight? As Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had to uh, note on, uh, on Sunday on Meet the Press. Then there's the other issue of whether uh, whoever uh, is nominated by Donald Trump, will he or she agree to recuse themselves from any decision having to do with uh, Donald Trump and the investigation uh, stemming from the election and everything thereafter. Lindsey Graham, Republican, doesn't think that's necessary. Here's Lindsey Graham uh, saying, why why, why should they have to recuse? There's no conflict of interest there. Lindsey Graham, uh, Republican senator from South Carolina over the weekend, also on Meet the Press. The president's pick may end up having to rule on issues having to do with the Mueller investigation. Do you believe this nominee needs to commit to recusing him or herself for anything having to do with the Mueller probe uh, directly right now if it makes its way to the Supreme Court?
6: Well, I've been a lawyer before. I was a politician to recuse yourself uh, is proper in some cases. Elena Kagan recused herself from all the cases she worked on as Solicitor General. You can't really review your own homework, but the idea that you can't judge somebody who picked you is probably not a ground for recusal. You gotta show there's a connection between the case at hand and the activity of the judge. It makes perfect sense to me that Jeff Sessions can't oversee an investigation of a campaign he was part of, but I wouldn't have a broad rule that you can't you know, review uh, anything against President Trump because he chose you. Of course you wouldn't, Senator.
1: Uh, (laughs) So, yes, no conflict of interest whatsoever in the fact that the president who nominated uh, this uh, Supreme Court justice might end up getting impeached because they gamed the election that then allowed them to uh, name this particular Supreme Court justice. You really, Senator Graham, you really don't see the connection there? You really don't see the conflict of interest? Really? So, uh, my argument, there should be no vote at all, period, until there is a new Senate, if only uh, due to Mitch McConnell's 2016 rule that prevented a vote at all, until uh, after the election, for nearly a year when Obama was in office. But there should also be no nomination at all by a sitting president who stands to benefit in a criminal investigation, Uh, depending on who that president appoints to the court, unless the nominee promises to recuse themselves from all decisions related to that president, personally and especially since one seat has already been stolen by the Republicans. Democrats should do everything in their power to keep a vote from happening at all, much less allow another choice by this president under this U.S. Senate with a new election just months away 818-985-5735 feel free to call in and tell me that i'm wrong i'd love to hear why james in santa barbara james welcome to the broadcast sir
6: hey thank you brad Uh, i can't tell you that you're wrong but what i was wondering would uh uh people in the congress walking out with that block of quorum that's a question
1: in the, in in the House, it would not block a quorum because yeah, uh, because they don't have enough. And basically, Article One, Section Five of the Constitution says that both chambers have to have a majority present. So okay. Dems don't have enough okay, in the so House. Yeah, but they have I'm enough in the Senate. Other Almost. Stuff
6: wanted, other stuff I wanted to say is uh, no, absolutely, there should be no nominee for all the reasons. I don't have to go through them. But here's another thing: whenever we're talking about Democrats. We really need to specify whether they're third-way Democrats, DCC, or progressives, and we need to put that in the word Democrat uh, and be really clear, because it's the third-way Democrats that came in that chose Republican policies. They would rather lose to Republicans than have them at- enact the policies. Uh, that's why they're third-way. They were brought in by the Clintons.
1: James, um, you make... Uh... A, a, a useful point in certain circumstances, I would argue this is not one of those circumstances. I would argue we are, A, under a national emergency and control must be wrested from the Republicans oh, in either absolutely. the House or Democrat, a, a, a House or Senate, uh, and in any event, put put the brakes on, on, on Trump. And when it comes to... The u.s. supreme court i don't care what kind of democrats they are i don't care if they're no, republicans so that's Here's another thing yeah. about march just don't We're
6: get marching. don't I get, mean, get we sidetracked miles on james 1500 of us in santa barbara here yep and, and uh you know that's we walked a couple miles now that that's like what three thousand miles if we walk in the neighborhoods how many neighborhoods is that you go on a block you find the next first person on the block ready to take over finishing their block you go on to the next one we could cover a lot more ground in the neighborhoods than downtown so i'd like to see us talk more about how to uh, be more effective than just marching downtown every time we want to say something let's go in the neighborhoods get people out in front from in front of their tv where they are being caricatured and actually talk to them you face to face eye to eye that's what i say about marching is that's march in the neighborhoods
1: there you go james i appreciate that uh, thought you so and much, you're guys. absolutely right you bet thank you let's go to uh, aiden in la hey aiden welcome to the broadcast.
7: Hey, hey. Um yeah, so I think um I think one of the main issues and we've been seeing this we've been seeing this happening throughout the last, you know, 10, 20 years, is that the Democratic Party is really stagnating.
1: Yes, they are, Aiden, but let me do what I did with the previous caller. I don't care right now for this moment that they are stagnating. I've talked for years about how terrible the Democrats are. There is no question. They are awful in many cases. But we are talking about right now stopping this court. Yeah, go.
7: I, I completely agree with you. And so what I'm trying to say is that the Democrats need to stop thinking of themselves as the independent, you know, the Democratic Party and just what's good for the party, what's good for their candidate. They mm-hmm. need to stop thinking about that, and it needs to be thought of in a holistic way in which there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of representatives from the Republicans, there's plenty of independents, people who are staunch supporters of individual rights on more of the libertarian sort of area of the spectrum. And a lot of these Republicans, it would be much easier to to get them to oppose Trump's nominees instead of coming at it from please vote Democrat or please agree with the Democratic Party to putting it on more of a complete, you know, regardless of parties, we need to protect the future of rights. Uh, yep. Right.
1: yep. Thanks, Aiden. Yep. I appreciate that call. You're absolutely right, Aiden. That's what this fight is about. And that's why I'm trying to say don't be distracted with how much the Democrats suck. That's a given. We know that. For now, that fight is, we're done. Unless you're in a a primary somewhere, there's a lot of primaries still going on across the country, fight like hell to make the party more progressive, and we will do that again uh, after the November elections. But right now, don't get sidetracked by that stuff. This is the fight of all of our lives. Mike in Los Angeles. Oh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 815-985-KPFK. What do you want to see Democrats do right now? Uh, You tell me, Mike. What's up?
4: Well, Red, I think that the Democrats should give due consideration to Mr. Trump's nominee as long as it's the same judge that President Obama nominated Uh. and was denied a hearing. Uh, Until that happens, uh, this nomination would be out of order. Mr. McConnell displayed a perjurious enmity to the United States and its Constitution by refusing to follow his constitutional oath, and that's all there is to it.
1: So if Merrick Garland is nominated, who was already a centrist jurist, uh, who was nominated by Obama and not allowed a vote for almost a year, that would be a different story. And uh, Mike, good point. That uh, that one, I'd get behind the Democrats supporting that nominee. But short of that, um, I think they got to do walk everything out. they can to stop it. Yeah, walk out. Yep. Thanks, Mike. appreciate the call. 818-985-5735. Uh, let's go to John in Los Angeles. Hey, John, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
8: Hey, Brad. Love your show. Thank you, John. Um... Yeah, I, he, the guy basically said the same thing that I was about to say. In fact, while marching out, needs to constantly say that name because that would be the only judge acceptable at this point. But other than that, I mean, everybody, everybody just need to just get ready to start recalling. Um, we need to start getting ready to recall some of these 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 Democrats if, if this thing flies without a fight. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's going to have to be done because, let's face it, if you get a FOIA request like some of us have done, you can pretty much see who gets paid there and how and from who. And they've been seriously infiltrated.
1: Sorry. Uh, No, you you don't have to apologize. Uh, And I don't know that they're... uh... I don't think that they would disagree that they've been infiltrated. They take nothing but corporate money. We know that. But that is not what this fight is about. That is, you know, we've got to stop getting distracted when, uh, frankly, rights, civil rights, human rights, uh, uh, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, the rights of workers, when all of that is on the line. What's that? You forget what other set of rights that they
8: already passed. And they're getting ready to add another one to it. They already did the corporate rights with the Buckley case. This next, back in 1976, the Buckley case, where it says that the money uh, is the
1: vote of the corporate, um, this next one's going to be a corporate shield. You know what's going to happen? I know. That's why I'm yelling and screaming. Thanks, John. I appreciate the call, brother, very much. Uh, 818-985-5735. I want to try to get to as many folks as I can. Let's take a quick break here and we will come back with more of your calls. What do you want to see Democrats do right now? I don't think we've had one caller. Actually, Ron, uh, let's see, Ron from San Clemente called back uh, in to say that voters should threaten Democrats, should threaten them if they don't fight for this This uh, Supreme Court fight against the Supreme Court nominee and threaten that they'll all uh, go to the Green Party. Okay, you can try that. 818-985-5735. We'll take a quick break and come back with much more on all of this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast.
0: By
1: me.
0: Oh, stand. Stand by me. Yep. Stand by
1: me. Stand by me too, 818-985-5735. Uh, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com here with your Bradcast, by the way, while Rome fiddles. Temperatures uh, will be some 10 to 20 degrees above average on the East Coast and in the Midwest and uh, and here out west over the July 4th holiday and the days thereafter. A new global all-time highest overnight low temperature was, uh, I think it was 109 degrees. Is that right, Desi? 109 degrees?
3: Yes, that was 109 degrees. That's the overnight low.
1: That was the... Right. That was the. Lo- That's as cool as it got. That yes. was the highest low I think uh, globally ever,
3: ever recorded in human history, as long as, as far back as we have instruments to record such things. And this is really, really dangerous. And it's important for people to understand this is a trend that is not changing. We're getting higher overnight lows throughout the world, and. It makes it harder for people to survive these heat waves because if they can't cool off overnight, if buildings can't cool off overnight, if cities can't cool off overnight, it has proven to be far more deadly.
1: And by the way, that was in uh, Curiat Oman, that 109 degree overnight uh, highest low ever. Uh, and as Desi Doane has uh, tried for so many years to point out on our Green News report, if you're worried about immigration and unrest and things like that, then you should be worried about global warming. It was drought and famine that helped spark the civil war in Syria and in Iran. We're now beginning to see something similar. Gunfire erupted over the weekend as Iranian security forces confronted protesters early on Sunday. Amid demonstrations over water scarcity in the country's south, the protests uh, some 400 miles southwest of Tehran come as residents of the predominantly Arab city near the border with Iraq complain of salty, muddy water coming out of their taps amid a years-long drought. That unrest only compounds the wider unease felt across Iran as it faces economic crisis uh, sparked by Trump's decision to pull out of the nuclear uh, deal with Iran and six other countries. There was uh, protests that turned violent over the weekend. At least 11 people were wounded late Saturday and into early Sunday morning. The uh, what had been peaceful protests protests over this uh, turned violent So, yes, uh, exacerbating unrest is the drought. Uh, The Iran Meteorological Organization estimates that 97 percent of the country, 97 percent of the country, face some form of drought. Uh, And this is the worst and the longest that it has been in decades there. So, uh, hey. (sighs) Just another reason to give a damn. 818 985 5735 is our phone number. Jim uh, in San Bernardino, what should uh, Democrats do uh, concerning this Donald Trump Supreme Court nominee? Jim, yeah, you're on the air.
3: Hey,
0: thank you so much. So I'd just like to kind of rewind a little bit. So the reason that we uh, didn't nominate uh, the justice before the election in 2016 is. uh, because it was stopped and they allowed Donald Trump to become president. So now we're into the midterms and we're trying to get a change in the House and the Senate so that we can uh, confirm someone that he picks anyway? That's right. I see. So when that doesn't happen, then we just kind of have to live with the fantastic results that we get when we get them.
1: That's right. What should well, it dem- like, Yeah,
0: it sounds it sounds like a great plan. I mean, so far everything has been going extremely <laughs> well. So why wouldn't we just allow him to choose? And then when Bader Ginsburg retires yeah. before the end of his term, yep. then we can actually have a
1: a, a six to three court. Uh, yeah, a, maybe a seven, maybe even a seven to two. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it's all going well. Hopefully you're being snarky, Jim. I appreciate the call uh, and the snark. 818-985-5735. Not not a lot of women calling in for some reason today. Love to hear from you, women, ladies. Uh, 818-985-5735. Joey in um, West L.A. Hey, Joey, what uh, what do Democrats need to do at this point right now?
5: Uh, Just like you said, they have to fight fully this whole uh, nomination thing. They can't let Trump put anyone in there. They have to fight that balls to the wall, first of all. Then if, if they can, you know, run on some sort of universal health care kind of, you know, platform, also something that uh, takes money from the, uh, the, the corporations and puts it back into our, our communities, uh, I think they just need to do what the people did in New York, what the uh, progressive woman did in New York. Um, and then also I agree with you. Democrats are just as messed up. But what what we're all experiencing here is the Democrats are just as entrenched in war money, uh, profit, you know, lobby money from pharmaceuticals and insurance companies. So, why, you know, because it blows my mind how they haven't come out against Trump just vehemently. You know, we only have a few of them that come out against Trump, you know, and it just seems like they should all be raging against Trump. And they're not. Yep. And I feel like, it's, you know, and, and I feel you, I feel what you're saying. We need to get. We need. No matter what happens, we got to get Donald Trump out. No let, matter what, all, let me,
1: uh, Joey. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Joey. Let me uh, just uh, correct uh, one or disagree with one point. When you say that the Democrats are just as bad as the Republicans, I will disagree. They are not just as bad as the Republicans. Democrats do not want They're to take enablers. away. Yes, they may be enablers. That's right. They may be enablers. But when we say they're just as bad, what you do is uh, you say they're both the same. There's no difference. And people stay home and they don't vote or they say, what does it matter? I'll vote for Donald Trump. If you if you look at what we are now looking at this country and if you can tell me that things would be just as bad, uh, you know, uh, under uh, uh, Democrats, then I don't know what country you're living in.
5: I, I agree with you to that point. However, you. the thing is, I feel like with
1: Democrats, we're we're numb, and that's all. Uh, maybe so, but you know what? Saying that yeah. uh, 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 Republicans need to be blocked from what they are trying to do to all of us does not mean we are saying Democrats are great. It means right now this is a national emergency. You're right, and it we is. need to fix it. Stay focused. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate that you call. Too, uh, you bet. Uh, let's go to uh, Richard in Pasadena. Hey, Richard. Welcome to the Bradcast.
4: Hi, uh, Brad. uh, Much appreciate the show.
1: Thank you. Um,
4: Yeah, I I heard a suggestion I don't want to take credit for because I heard it on the Bill Maher show, but Maine and um, Alaska are both relatively small population states. And the idea that uh, pressure could be put on Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski Mm -hmm. uh, in in any number of ways, part of the suggestion was... The, in, in Alaska, that um, the cruise lines be pressured uh, to say that, you know, these are big contributors to, uh, mm. to Murkowski yeah. and, uh, and large contributors to Alaska, um, that pressure could be put. And nationally, if Democrats focused on putting pressure on both Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski,
1: Yeah. And let me let me be uh, clear, because what you're talking about, uh, Bill, Bill Maher had talked about over the weekend um, that, you know, put pressure on, for example, the cruise lines. Alaska makes a lot of money from these cruises. If Lisa Murkowski, the Republican senator up there, doesn't vote the right way, then, hey, no more cruises in order to hurt the state of Alaska financially and that that's the way to get at them I guess we have to say no more lobster either to hurt the uh the, the folks in Maine if that's what it takes to get Susan Collins uh but I think it's a good point um, Yeah, as far yeah.
4: about whoever, whoever yep. the major contributors are to susan Collins yep and and pressure these people yep uh, because nationally Democrats represent a whole lot of people um, and that kind of pressure could be brought to bear on small population states just to say, guys, you get in the game or, or, yep. or there'll be financial consequences.
1: Thanks, Richard. I appreciate that. Yeah, they may only give a damn if there are financial consequences to them personally. Let's go to—oh, uh, good. We have uh, uh, Dale in Montebello. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, Dale. Okay,
4: thank you so much. And I suggest that people call con- senators— whatever state they can and either talk with a staff member or leave a message and say this personally. I'm a person in the United States. I want you to not go in. I want you to boycott. I want you to stop this T-word getting a chance to put another creep on the Supreme Court. And just call different senators. You can do it if you use the toll-free number.
1: Yep. Thanks, uh, thanks, Dale. I appreciate that. The phone number to call your senator is 202 Two two four three one two one. that's 202 24 3121. This democracy is not going to save itself. Kofeve uh, Lepew on Twitter writes into the Brad blog to say the Democrats need a reminder that freedom has never been free. They need a lot of reminders. Um, Mark in Sherman Oaks, welcome to the Bradcast.
9: Hey, hello, Brad. Yeah. I, on this time, I really appreciate you, but I have to disagree with you. I'm not voting Democrat. I don't care if they have seven per judge or eight Republicans in the Supreme Court. Things have to get worse. People are too comfortable. The electorate of uh, Democratic people here just want to feel good. American people don't like pain.
1: Do you, you do, uh, do you have health insurance, Mark? Yes, I do. Do you, uh, do you have a home?
9: No, I'm a renter. Okay. Oh, Brad, Brad, yeah. if it's all about the money. Someone say, give me the control of the money and I cannot care who makes the law. We control the money. When they're going to start to see if it gets worse and if there is two, three million people in the Los Angeles street demonstrating on a given Sunday and then next week it's two or three million in New York. Trust me, I don't care if there is seven or nine republican in the supreme court they're going to listen people.
1: well you, you may you may you, yeah, listen i don't disagree with you that i would love to see 2 or 3 million people on the streets of every major city in this uh, in this country but to say that i want it to get worse when people will be thrown off of uh, of medical care people with cancer will you know not uh, no longer be able to have their treatments I, I i think you have to be right. feeling pretty lucky and privileged to want things to get worse Mark?
9: No, because it will get worse for me. I I, I make twenty six thousand dollars a year. So yeah. no, it will get worse. But that's the only thing is gonna change. And yes, the the Republican, the Democrats are more dangerous to their electorate than the Republicans are dangerous to their electorate. The Republicans say we don't like gay people. We lack guns, We lack God, and we're going to deliver that, and they do.
1: And but the Democrats are more dangerous than the Republicans
9: because they lie. Okay. They Lie to All me. Right. They lie to you constantly. All right. They lie to me, minority, constantly.
1: All right. I hear you, Mark. I I appreciate the thought and the call and uh, the point of view. I don't agree with you, but I that's what democracy is about. Thanks, Mark. I we appreciate.
9: All the money.
1: All right. We do. Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate it. Uh, let me go to Bill in Santa Monica very quickly. Bill, I'm going to try to get in as many as I can here, real quick. Hi, Brad. Um,
6: if the
4: Democrats ever get power again in Congress, uh, is it possible for them to pro- uh, propose a constitutional amendment where you make the Supreme Court an elective office like in states? Because yeah. there's been two idiots that have, <laughs> will have four appointments: Bush, two and. Uh, this one in office now. Yep. And they're horrible appointments. And that's too important a job to have them be beholding to an idiot
8: like who's
1: been appointed. Uh, oh, yeah. You can have uh, term limits on uh, the Supreme Court. Congress could set that up. You could uh, uh, increase the size of the Supreme Court itself, which we've talked about uh, over the past few weeks on this show. More seats on the courts and have the Democrats take back the majority that is rightfully theirs the next time there's uh, Democrat control of the U.S. House and Senate and the White House. All right. We got to get out of here. Uh, we're going to be uh, off for a few days, Desi and I, okay. over the uh, over the holidays. But we've got some surprises in store for you. So don't miss a single thrilling broadcast between now and the time we return. Uh, My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, D'Angelo Jones, to all of you who uh, called in today and um, all of you who listen to our show every day of the week. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you prefer. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the BradBlog. That is it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.